0: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco.
1: All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming back, and we appreciate you being with us today. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am Vince Rocco. On our show today, Manhattan real estate sales ground to a halt in March, no surprise. Could prices plunge next? Coronavirus hammers Uh, The already battered New York City uh, luxury market uh, and luxury uh, new condo market may rebound much, much later than everybody thinks. The White House warns that the week ahead will be full of sadness and the US death toll will increase significantly. New York City is devastated by the COVID-19 virus. Hospitals face severe shortages of critical supplies and PPE. But Wall Street began this week on an upbeat note, the Dow closing yesterday up 1,627 points. Yay to that, and let's hope that continues. Also today, why would we risk it? New York City real estate agents push back against the essential uh, business ruling from New York State, and we are continuing with our stay-at-home directive, including everything virtual. All this and so much more as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. We are live from New York City, Pennsylvania, the Catskills, Putnam County, Miami, and the Hudson Valley. Boy, is that a mouthful. Uh, So take a listen Take a a cup of coffee And sit back and relax In the news this morning Certain real estate work Is still considered essential by New York But showings cannot take place in person The state clarified this last Thursday In a notice to the New York State Association of Realtors The Empire State Development Earlier last week Said home inspections Residential appraisals Back office real estate work and residential and commercial showings can continue during the COVID-19 outbreak, but despite being newly categorized as essential, agents still cannot host traditional showings as was previously reported. Despite these premature announcements, the health and welfare of all agents and brokers are of paramount importance. Please continue to work remotely, stay home, and follow social distancing, physical distancing rules, and do as much work as possible virtually. New York's largest residential brokerages have laid off or furloughed a significant chunk of their employees, this according to the Real Deal, as the firms and their thousands of agents grapple with a near total market shutdown. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought to almost every sector of the world economy, including real estate, solid reality. Every aspect, including listing volume or closed sales volume, the industry is experiencing, experiencing an unprecedented economic slowdown. More on those furloughs and layoffs as we get further information. The world's largest housing cooperative will remain affordable for another three decades. The city announced last Friday, home to more than 15,300 apartments across 72 buildings in the Bronx, Co-op City opened in 1968 as part of the Mitchell-Lama program. The deal reached between the Co-op Board and the city's Department of Housing Preservation and Development guarantees the development's participation in the Mitchell-Lama program until 2052. And the coronavirus pandemic has people in New York flocking to animal shelters to adopt furry four-legged friends as they are forced to stay at home in quarantine, slow the spread of the outbreak, and flatten the curve. Shelters throughout New York State and New York City are reporting that there is there are very few dogs left to me. That is the best news to come out of this crisis so far. Well... Anyway, let's get started. With us today is Anna Shagaloff from Halstead, Matthew Cohen from Halstead, Nicholas Cuomo's calling in from the H- uh, Keller Williams Hudson Valley, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Mike Lubin Brown-Harris Stevens, and Richard Grossman, President of Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for being with us today.
2: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Uh, All right, so let's get right at it. So does the fact that New York State uh, declaring real estate is essential mean they want to keep agents off the unemployment rosters? The state can't handle all the requests, as Governor Cuomo says. The state is broke, even after the stimulus help. Now, since I wrote this copy last week, there was a a note from Redney last night uh, saying that uh, independent agents are eligible for unemployment. Richard, do you have any comments on that? Sure. Well,
3: as I understand it, and, and, and it's not 100% clear to me, agents are, are eligible for the federal stimulus unemployment. Correct. Whether they're eligible for New York State unemployment is less clear. I believe they're not. So I don't think that those two things necessarily are related. But I will tell you that, that Revney, as, as an example, has been a big advocate. Any ruling from the, the Department of State is that, uh, that calls a residential broker a... Uh, essential service does not impinge our ability to collect unemployment on the federal level, so they're being very careful in advocating for that. I, I, I know that firsthand.
1: Yeah. Now it said, I think Richard, I saw in the in the uh, uh, guidance last night that uh, el- people are eligible as of April fifth, not necessarily retroactive as we originally thought back to whatever that March date was. I can't remember. Which correct. is fine. Which is fine for, for the federal
3: stimulus number.
1: Federal stimulus number. Correct. Yes,
3: I've heard that as well. I've heard that as well.
1: Okay, guys, how do you feel about that out there in the trenches like, like I am? You know, What are your feelings about that? Are you applying for this? Are you not applying for this? How are your friends and colleagues dealing with this particular news, which I think is great news?
4: This is my thought that that was the rationale behind declaring realtors essential workers was an attempt to stave off all the unemployment applications. So it's interesting to hear that actually didn't factor into the decision. I'm, I'm very thrilled to hear that. I haven't applied for it myself. I have a number of colleagues in my office. who have, and they've said it's hell trying to get in. Some yeah, of I've person. heard of, that. Mm-hmm. I've had- of yeah, that. I'm told you have to you have to get online
2: at, at you know seven in the morning, or you know just call throughout the entire day. I don't. I don't
1: some don't people know. are having it depends on when you call in. So I'm hearing you know some people are having very very tough difficulties, and some people are getting right in. I mean it, it it's it's across the board. So
3: and what, and just something I've heard on that I that they uh, New York State hired 700 people. To help with all these this volume and they just hired an additional 300 to help with this volume so that hopefully will speed things along a little bit
2: Richard, yeah i've had mixed well, feelings it's good, of, it's good that people are
4: hiring anyone to do anything
2: right now that is so true great. But and
4: I, you know there's, there's something more than just unemployment available for us um as if you're incorporated if you're an llc or any kind of um incorporation as of the third you could apply for employee protection payment i did that for my assistant since unfortunately I did have to decrease her salary 25%. If you're doing that 25% or less, you can get a grant. Um, there's an application online. You don't have to hop on a phone to make that happen. Then there's um, independent contractors. I believe it's April 10th and start to apply for uh, for the same a similar thing.
1: I saw that too, Tracy, uh, this morning. So there are loans out there too to help uh, folks who are in need. Um, I th- you're right, I think the date is April 10th. Mike, you wanted to say something? I've had mixed feelings. You know, God knows I'm not getting paid and I have no idea when I will be paid,
5: but every day I'm working, you know, to try to save deals and keep things together. And, you know, our business is always spotty in terms of when we'll be compensated. So I just, I've had some ethical questions personally, and I have no issue with anyone applying, but I myself have felt a little bit, a little bit mixed about it.
1: Well, I guess apparently, you know, it's only as good until your next closing because once you start earning money, you have to cancel off the roster anyway. So those people who have a backlog and closings upcoming, which I hope to have one. Hopefully, it was supposed to be in March. Hopefully, it'll happen in April. Uh, then, you know, the the eligibility goes away. But in the interim and in the short term, it's available for those uh, who need it until then, and who don't have a closing coming up because. We'll talk about stuff later on, but uh, things are getting more and more challenging as we uh, as we go through. For uh, sure, I,
6: also, I was gonna say like I also think it's you know kind of a personal thing because even if you can apply for unemployment, it's like do you want to? The way I view it at least is similar to Mike in the sense of. I have closings coming up in the next few weeks, but they'll you know, probably be delayed based on what's going on building to building with move-ins. Yeah. So who knows when they'll actually close? But at the same time, I feel fortunate for where I am. and I don't want to take unemployment away from other people who really, really need it. Not that that's actually what's happening, but in principle, in my mind, that's how I think of it. I think that's- of it as I don't need it as much as some other people need it, so I'd rather
1: no. leave it to them. That's Yeah, I feel thing. that way too. Yeah, yeah. That, my, that, that's a wonderful. My husband thing.
2: is working nonstop, so.
1: Well, that's why you're all superstars, and I love you all. But that's a very good uh, comment, Matt. And you know, listen, there are going to be people who need to 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 take this. And you know, look, what about the rental agents out there who, you know, really their their business has been slowly getting decimated since the beginning of the year anyway and now all of this I don't know what's happening uh, move-in move outs uh, you know as I think Matt just mentioned that that's building to building I just had two move-ins on a rental side uh, this week at the 505 building that I work in so um, you know that building is allowing case by case whatever that means uh, move-ins but at least they moved in they're happy I got calls yesterday by both parties saying everything is great thank you so much the super is wonderful. I think uh, when the boards
5: start to feel personally, the issue with moving, if your board president and your elderly mother has to move to a nursing home, you know, I, I think until it hits home for these buildings, they're going to really be sort of stuck on this. I mean, the reality is people have to move. It's not always an optional yeah. situation. And it's going to feel personal to these boards at some point.
1: Well, you know, we, we, we deal a lot, Mike, as you know, with co-op boards who are not yes. always as sensitive to everyone uh, out there. And uh, I think Richard mentioned this in one of our sales meetings uh, last week that, you know, it, again, it's, it, it's case by case. It's building by building. Richard, let me ask you a question on that. So, uh, are there uh, are, are there guidelines in the the house rules with regard to this, or is this just something that no, they, it's it's, it's it, as it they mean,
3: go? the bylaws of the building give the boards discretion over this because it's considered a business, you know, right. a, a business opinion on this for a building. I can just yeah. tell you that you know I think that boards are trying to do a thing. There was a building on the west side. There was an article in the newspaper not letting the doctor move into his brother's apartment during this. In my own building, we had a similar situation where we had a uh, someone whose f- husband is a doctor and, and living in their apartment, he's being called in to help in the emergency rooms. He's normally a, a cardiologist, so that's not his his field. And his her sister uh, lives in the building, so she and her daughter are coming to the building. My building has a very strict no visitor policy. I can't even have my cleaning lady in my building if I wanted to right now. Mm, right. But we, we actually had. I'm on the board of my building. We actually took a vote yesterday and allowed the woman to move into the building so she doesn't have to stay in the same apartment as her husband who would be traveling back and forth to emergency rooms. So mm-hmm. I think buildings are making case by case, but hopefully buildings have hearts. I can tell you that my building, strict on a lot of things, had a good heart about this.
1: Good. Let me ask you guys also before we go to break, so in I left the city, so I left my building two weeks ago. Are buildings being a little more, as Richard just indicated, difficult with people coming in and out or even just yourselves coming in and out? I heard in, in a couple of buildings of Friends of Mine's where building door staff are advising people, which I don't know that they have the right to, not to leave the building and yet they're doing it anyway. So well, what's happening in your buildings?
3: In my building, which we have, you know, the you have deliveries to the building. Deliveries are put on a, a, a uh, table right outside the front door. Yeah. Um, nobody can be allowed in the building that doesn't live in the building except for home health aides. No cleaning people, no no. You know, gym people. The gym is closed, but if you wanted someone to work out in your apartment with you like a trainer, not allowed in the building. Um, they've made it very they, – they, they have constricted the flow in and out of the building. And my building is 60% vacant right now. 60% of the people have left yeah. the building. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. only about 40% here.
1: Yeah, I think that's the case in in a, in a lot of situations. All right. Anyway, we have to take a break. Good morning, New Yorkers. Just getting underway on this Tuesday morning. Don't go away. We will be right back with this wonderful cast. Don't go away.
0: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica dot com.
7: Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you.
8: At Halstead we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We are revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you.
9: I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life.
0: Now, back to
1: the show. All right, everybody. We are back with Anna Shagalov, Matthew Cohen, Nicholas Cuomo, Jordan Shea, Mike Lubin, Richard Grossman, and Tracy Hammersley. Um, and Nick hasn't signed in, so I'm thinking he's probably having a problem. Oh, no, here he is. He's just come on now. Uh, all right. So, listen, let's talk about mortgages in spite of the um, uh, market headwinds, overpriced apartments, and legislative obstacles. New York's residential real estate market was on an improbable upswing in the beginning of the the year, the first quarter. And we all experienced that. We were all gleeful and excited how our businesses were were getting much, much better from uh, 2019. Then COVID-19 struck, stopping the rebound in its tracks. Now the pandemic threatens to do the same nationwide. So what happened in the first two months of the year uh, no longer matters according to economists and data gatherers in New York State. What then becomes the immediate future after shelter-in-place rules get relaxed? I mean, we're all very positive, and as we talked about last week, we are hopeful that things are going to, you know, immediately, you know, kick in and and, and become uh, super uh, super, uh, fabulous. However, when you peel back the onion, you know, and you take things down for a long period of time, I don't know that things will come back so quickly, so what do you think— happens after shelter-in-place rules get relaxed because they will get relaxed in a month or two.
6: So you think, I mean, I think- Well, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm hopeful.
6: I think the problem is, the problem is right now is that there's a lot of uncertainty out there. You watch, you know, you can watch five different news channels a day and every single one might have different information based on who's feeding it to them. You know, one channel is going to have a medical expert telling you we should be waiting 10 months. Another, you know, channel is going to tell you we have to open in a month because of the economy. So the problem right now, I think, is that everyone has a lot of uncertainty, both in the government and outside of the government, which is a much bigger issue in and of itself. But then on top of that, even if we do open up in, say, a month or two. You know, there's always going to be a lag. There's always going to be a little bit of time for everyone to transition again. And then in our situation, we are transitioning with the summer and then with the election. So I think there's a lot up in the air that is very hard to just give a straight answer to.
5: The light at the end of the tunnel that I'm praying for is that the importance of home is going to win at the end of the day, you know, we Definitely have been will. sequestered and many of us have children and pets. And the truth is home has never been more important, you know, and this is an emotional business. And uh, that's my, my hope.
2: Well, I, I mean, you know,
5: go,
1: go ahead, Tracy.
4: Sorry, I was just going to say, um, you know, well, as, uh, there, could potentially be some uh, marriages, a baby boom for every one of us who's been sequestered. That could lead to people just absolutely out of necessity needing to change their homes. There will we also be post-war, yeah, death and divorce. And as Billy Crystal said so hilariously, "And when Harry met Sally, or groups for business." So uh, too soon. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, I think that there are just going to be some normal life changes there <laughs> to the market picking up. And uh, God willing, there will be some pent-up demand if people's portfolios have not been completely decimated.
2: I think there has to be a little, a little bit of time to let the dust settle, um, but you know we always go back to New Yorkers being as resilient as we are, and I, I think that once the confidence starts picking up, and I don't think it'll take that long because we all kind of we're all dying to just get on with our day and get on with our lives, um, and I, I think it'll kick back in relatively quickly.
3: And you know, just as maybe a little bright side, I, would, I don't, I agree with you, Anna. And the bright side is in China. After they lifted in Wuhan the, the restrictions, the real estate market and searches for real estate picked up very quickly. So oh,
1: that, oh that's that, good that, news. that's interesting. That's great news. I didn't yeah. hear that. that wow, no. so that, I heard that. Um, We're that's start loose, that to some promise.
4: That's good news.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't think it's devastating news. I think, you know, as a lot of you have suggested, it's going to take a little bit of time for the dust to settle. But, you know, you can't keep New Yorkers down. We can go back always to 2008 and 9. We can go back to 9-11. And quite frankly, you know, people get very antsy and kind of throw, you know, whatever to the wind and say, all right, look, I've got to do something. Mike made a point. Home is home. And I think someone else made a point last week. People are going to realize after this uh, this uh, hibernation, as I call it, that their homes may be too small, mm-hmm. whether you have kids or not. And you may want to upgrade. You may want to change. You may want to just do something different. So I'll
5: tell you something. Outdoor space is going to become the number one amenity that before. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: I, listen, well, I've been it, already thinking about that every time I see a friend post from their balcony or their terrace in New York yeah. City. I'm like, damn, you know, that's good.
4: Order, I mean, did, did buy it? what are your thoughts?
10: Uh, I mean, my position on it is that consumer behavior won't return to normal until there's uh, confidence that the market won't uh, drop like a stone again. And a lot of people will need to see their portfolios accruing in value to an extent where they feel like they can justify a large capital expense, such as acquiring a new residence, or the fact that they can liquidate their residence at a loss compared to when we started this thing in Q1. So, I mean, I'd love I'd love for it to be like pie in the sky and everybody goes back to normal and pretend like nothing happened, but a lot of people lost a lot of money. And so I actually think we're probably only going to see three active months this year total, would be my prediction. Maybe four, if we're lucky.
6: Yeah, not well, not
10: including the last two.
6: I agree with Jordan. I also think that, you know, what we always talk about confidence in the market, and I think we need to talk about that people don't transact unless they have confidence around the market. And the issue is going to be the confidence around it. And that's what'll be very important as soon as we get through
10: this. Like people will get their coffees and their pastrami sandwiches, but I don't know if they're going to be dropping millions of dollars on an apartment anytime soon. But well, they might
1: but they the might have completed, yes, they won't yeah. be.
10: But I do think that, to your point, Mike, that people will be looking a lot at outdoor space. And I've already heard from, I, I would say, 30% of my clients want to look for houses
1: outside the city as soon as this is Well, we're going to get to that topic after the break because I, I, I'm i hearing the same thing. Yeah, let's, I'm move on. Too. Let, let's move on a little bit. According to CNBC, the mortgage market is on the brink of collapse as thousands of borrow, borrowers suddenly are seeing that banks are quickly running out of cash. Now, I, you know, this was this kind of struck me the other day because I really didn't think about this. Why? Banks are asking the federal government for additional funds to cover the mandated mortgage forbearance program while pausing mortgage payments to existing customers. New customers will not easily get new loans. How is this going to affect our business? And I can tell you firsthand, the reason my deal has not closed, and it's a big deal in March, is because she's still waiting for underwriting to approve her loan. Why haven't they approved it? Because her portfolio is down 20 to 25% and her job potentially is on the line. Now this is a very nice sized deal and we, it's in underwriting 3.5 weeks. Well, wow. Now I'm waiting for the banks to say, we don't have the money based You're on this article.
4: Your buyer's still game?
1: Yes, of course.
5: I think we're going to have to put our clients with, with three banks. We can no longer, you know, choose that one bank that we love and hope that it's going to work out. We're going to have to really canvas the market.
1: But are you hearing, are you hearing these mortgage uh, stories at all? Because, you know, for, for a week and a half, I'm thinking, this is only happening to me. This is only happening to me, of course. I know it's not. But how real is this? I mean, if we're, if we're, we're looking at funding forbearance programs, how much money could these banks have?
3: I heard the banks are sitting on one point three trillion dollars worth of, of, of cash
1: right now. From okay. the stimulus package?
3: No, before no. the stimulus package. This, okay. that's, what, that's what they built up profits over the last years. That's a number I heard. So how that translates to this, I'm not sure. But yeah. the banks are sitting on a lot of money. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, equity still in the markets.
4: Richard, I so, the same and also look, it's not the solution anyone is excited about, but the uh, the banks can always print more money. We won't be running out of money. That's what happened the to me? of course.
5: My version of this, which happened yesterday, was a buyer wanted twenty-five percent, wanted to put twenty-five percent down, and the bank is requiring thirty-five percent. You know, so they may be willing to do business, but they want the buyer to have
1: more equity in the in the purchase. Well, in some cases that's possible. In some cases, not. My buyers already got over forty percent into the purchase, and if wow. she- if she takes more and puts it towards, and we haven't heard yet. So let let's wait and yeah. see. as Mike and I were talking uh, before the show started, listen, there's a lot of renegotiation happening here. So a 1.4 selling price might turn out to be 1.25 or 1.3, right. and you know it, it, that's of course if all parties agree. If all parties don't agree, then the deal is done, dead. So
6: I, I would I would say for anyone out there that's concerned about both the banks and mortgages. Mike is right with the LTV. Everyone should look at Jamie Dimon's interview yesterday because he said a lot of really interesting points about both the economy, the banks, how they will react from the economy shift, and how mortgages will react with regards to LTV. What
1: What does he say, Matt?
6: He, I mean... For lack of, you know, for it to summarize it, he basically said that you're gonna see, you know, more people having to put down more based on market fluctuations. Yeah. And then with regards to the economy, Jamie Diamond's a pretty honest guy, which is why I follow him. And he's he said that he thinks that we are going we are not only in a recession, but are we going we're gonna go more
5: into a recession, but that it will pick back up pretty efficiently. Okay. In other markets buyers have to put down 50%. I think in Europe you do have to put much more down than we've gotten spoiled, you know, a little bit.
1: Well, certainly in New York City like, you know, lots of other marketplaces, Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue, certain buildings on Central Park West, I mean, they're 100% down or, you know, 50, 60, 70% down. So those people are kind of isolated from a yeah. potential mortgage issue. Uh, but then also, you know, appraisals I'm hearing are coming back under Sale yeah. price under contract price. And depends and, what
2: they're using. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what do you do with that? You know, I'm mean, here. We go back to two thousand eight and nine when I had twenty five deals all cut in one year, all come under value. You know, uh, lots of people lost lots of money.
5: I had an I appraisal you, come in. I don't know how I don't know yeah. how you
1: deal with that. Go ahead, Mike.
5: I had an appraisal come in last week, twenty three percent below the contract price and the comps wow. were there appraisers need to stick to closed comps and not try to predict the future market. Yeah. Are you, you think know, they're chasing the
1: market or you think British. they're
5: looking? Yes, I agree. They're they're allowing fear and concern to influence uh, where they feel value is. Well, but that's the reality just plain is we're wrong. Not saying,
3: we're not seeing things close at a, a big difference in values. Maybe a slight tweak in prices, but we're not like seeing things close for 20% below the market. That's right. that's right.
1: That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, that, that's, That's the good news.
11: Appraisers also go by influence, not just the sold properties.
1: Well, they're not supposed to, Nick. That's the problem. They're supposed to be based on comps. You know, we can't go back as as far as we used to go back in comps. We we typically now can only go back about three months, you know, last closed within the last three months. But as Mike was indicating, some uh, appraisers are, you know, I guess injecting fear of future market into their uh, into their analysis. And that's not right. I mean they should correct. correct. Because you can't chase the market in any situation. You can't chase the market because no well, one you know. knows what tomorrow's going to bring.
2: Yeah. You have to work with the information that you have.
1: Yeah. 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 All right, guys, we've got to take a break. We're coming back after the break. This is Good Morning New York Real Estate. We will be right back. Don't go away
5: stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain
0: firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your
7: opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com. hi this is james nelson i'm a huge fan of vince's show and i'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the voice america network real estate investing live from new york i will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate There are hundreds, if not thousands of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get rich quick or how to flip home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you.
8: At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We are revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you.
9: I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at one 472 That's one 866 472
1: Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we're back for segment three. Nicholas Cuomo, and no relation to our favorite governor these days. Let me ask you about the Hudson uh, Valley marketplace. Are you sheltering in place? Well, obviously, everybody is sheltering in place statewide. But how is it working for you guys up there?
11: Um, For the most part, just trying to stay away from people as much as possible. Um, If you go to certain supermarkets, it's jam-packed. If you go to, uh, I need to pick up something from Lowe's. It's pretty packed. So that's why um, when you talk about the market going back to normal, it's a little hard to predict because there's so many people who are still out and about. So how long can this last before everybody gets a sense that they need to follow the, the guidelines and the protocol?
1: Well, lots of people aren't following guidelines, even in New York. As of yesterday, I see throngs and throngs of people in parks and stuff, and I, I just, I mean, I don't know if it's ignorance, I don't know if it's arrogance, I don't know what it is, but it, it makes me sad. But anyway, so what are your sellers and buyers up there, or how rather are they dealing with this? Are they as um, concerned as I think the New York City sellers and buyers are? Because I have to say, our sellers pretty much are on board with, you know, this this shutdown. If you want to use a better, a better term, whatever. Uh, <laughs> But I think everybody understands, and for all the reasons we talked about before the break, we will come back. but how are they how are they dealing with this upstate?:
11: Well mainly most of the properties that I'm selling are vacant and Got with, uh, a lot of investors so for the most part it's one on one but uh, when it comes to uh <sighs> I have one property that's occupied right now and it's uh, people within the age range of 30. So I think that they're a little bit more comfortable right now when it comes to a potential showing. But even right now, we were only essential for, I think it was 72 hours and now we can just do a uh, FaceTime showing. Wow. So, um,
1: virtual, virtual FaceTime. Yeah. The problem with that is, and I was going to talk about that a little later, but you know, the problem with that is unless you were prepared to do all of these virtual showings before this lockdown. I mean, how many of us can do that? I can't, I don't have videos of all my properties. Um, for, the, for the most part,
11: for my for a lot of the properties that I list, I always do Matterport tours. And sometimes it, it seems like it's a, a little excess to do a video and the Matterport tour. But just from listening to this podcast and listening to people on the panel say that they like to see floor plans, I just took that because Matterport you can see the dollhouse view. You can see the, the floor plans. And is then- that an app?
1: What is Matterport, uh, Nick? I don't know what that it's is.
11: Just a, it's just a virtual tour, but it, it's one of the smoother <laughs> Got ones. It. It's, it's a pretty clear walkthrough. So I, I have a, I'm doing one right now on a property, and I'm not, I'm not meeting with the guy. Um, you just put a code in on the front door, and i okay. will do what he wants to do. But just to take it a step further, I'm going to have him go out on the front yard to look so people can look around the neighborhood instead of just going inside the house. I'm gonna have him go over to the side of the house, the back of the house. Mm-hmm. That way they can go outside and literally look around. Yeah. And um,
5: what's the price of that roughly?
11: That property that I'm selling right now? No, no.
5: Um just the, the technology having a, a tour created.
11: Um, I usually haggle a little bit, but generally it can be anywhere from about two to three hundred dollars or more.
1: Oh, very reasonable. Yeah, that's not so bad. Very reasonable, yeah.
11: Depending on the square footage.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on. Retail in New York City is in severe hardship. uh, Some say a bloodbath is happening. The federal government approved a $2 trillion stimulus package last week. Is it enough? If you ask real estate professionals and others, including the governor, uh, Cuomo, the answer is no. While the package provides cash payments to individuals and expands unemployment benefits, landlords argue a one-time $1,200 check barely covers rent in New York City, let alone other expenses. You know, we, I've carried on, I've, 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 you know, had fits and whatever on this program through the six years over my love for all the mom and pops, my love for all the retail stores. I don't like all these big stuff, big chains, whatever. I'm with you. How do you, I think most New Yorkers are, how do you feel, what do you think, rather, is going to happen to all of our beloved retail shops? I'm talking about restaurants. I'm talking about bars, you know, boutique services, nail salons. I mean, on and on and on. You know, the CVSs of the world will continue. What's going to happen? Because as I, I've been out of the city for two and a half weeks, but friends of mine are telling me lots of places are boarded up with plywood because they've lost their leases. They're about to lose their leases businesses are shut down and they don't know if they can return that's the sad part they don't know if they can return what are you, what's your collective opinion on that
5: I think we all have to do our part you know I'm putting a mask on I'm putting my gloves on and I am shopping at two or three local places a day I'm at the hardware store I'm at fairway and you know I'm at the deli on the corner. That's the only way these places are going to survive is we have to stop ordering everything online. If we feel safe to go out and we can take precautions to make sure we're protected.
3: I, I, I'm with you, Mike. And I'm also making sure that I still order it for my uh, favorite restaurants. I go there, I, I pick it sure. up. And yes. so, that we, so they get some business, it's not a lot of business for them, but at least I'm doing something to patronize them. A few other places are doing some go fund me. Like the guy cuts my hair and does a go fund me for his people. I just, just sent me an email today. I'm going to send them some money, taking care of people you work with. I think it's what we should be doing
1: right That's now. right. If you can afford it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh,
3: Go I ahead. agree.
6: I to say like, I'm not in the city anymore. I just, you know, came up to it a few days ago, but what I'm doing is with regards to, as Richard was saying, like my barber, you know, my cleaning lady, I'm still paying them on the so, same basis. Yeah, I've me led. too. Even, even though obviously I'm not going to them. Um, You know, I have a lot of friends actually who are giving money, um, even without ordering food, giving money to their favorite restaurants like Rayos, you know, in their neighborhood um, so that it's there when they're, you know, when they go back. I think, you know, it sounds to do it for one and not for another, that might sound selfish, but if everyone did the same part, not everyone's going to have the same restaurant, you know, for their favorite. So you just gotta you gotta do your part to stick with
5: your neighborhood. We could save retail. We really can if we if we put a little money towards it.
4: Well, I don't.
1: I, I, agree. I agree. Go I'm ahead, Tracy.
4: The local economy and um, and still ordering, delivery or pick out quite frequently. But um, I have something kind of interesting. I mean, Vince, this is a real concern for these little mom and pops. I have a client who works in the corporate level of both Chipotle and um, Shake Shack. And if these titans of the industry, they are looking at paying their top 25% and their bottom 25% performing retail locations and then renegotiating or not paying the the middle 50%, if things like Shake Shack and Chipotle are struggling and making those kind of hard calls, you know, imagine your local mom and pop. So yeah, anything we can do from GoFundMe or continuing is really important now.
1: Well I, I've seen a lot of GoFundMe uh pages on my, my social media and I think that's a wonderful thing. But I still fear though that because there are because it is New York City, of course, and there are so many of them, I don't know that we can save every one of them. Uh and they, I mean that's understandable, but One of my greatest fears, and I kind of dreamed about this the other night, I I woke up, you know, kind of saying, wow, you know, when you do get back to to Manhattan, what are you going to see? I mean, you know, there aren't people on the streets today, understandably so. But when we get back and you see, you know, places boarded up. And it's going to take time for either them to come back or not come back, and somebody else come in. I mean, it's going to look like a battle zone. I mean, we call this yeah. a war, which I think we are in. Uh, however, I have to think about where we. You know, when does that all? You know, I think we're all you know excited at the prospect of returning to life. I don't know that that's going to be so easy. I just don't. It, I think the revival
2: component is going to is really going to depend on how long these places have to be shut down. So if it's another month, I think that there's a better chance that they can come back. But nope. if we're out, if we're doing this for several months more, I mean, it's just, it's going to get farther and farther away from feasible, I think.
3: Well, I certainly agree with that, Anna. But I, I also think that landlords, and, you, and hopefully this will happen, will do workouts with their tenants. At the end of the day, yeah. what what is the choice that the landlord is going to have? It's a tenants campaign. This also goes for office tenants, You know, whether you have an office or a retail tenant. The landlord going to have to work out things with these tenants. Either attack it on to the end, give some sort of thing. In my own building that we live in, our garage is, is, is told us they're not paying us our rent for the month of April. It's a big check for our building every month. We're trying to see what we can do to work out with them, either on a short term basis or maybe they'll pay us some of the you know some of this money at a later point in the lease, just to see just to make things going. We don't want to lose them as a tenant, but the same token, we're you know we want to you know make sure they survive, but also get our money.
1: Yeah, I think fairness is the way to go. I think that that's great, Richard, because I think the only way to keep people who deserve to be kept. I mean, you, you lose a garage, you know, what are you going to do? So, but but
3: and, and you cho- have to
1: figure out ways to do that.
3: And what choices do you have as a landlord today? It's not like you can go find a new tenant tomorrow. You have to work it out with them.
11: Yeah, you have and to that, work That's with, my, that's my
1: point. I think because it's not easy to find new tenants to replace some of these who already have declared, we're out of business. Not, not that we're closed in the interim, but there's a lot of restaurants in my neighborhood that have stated we are out of business. We can't sustain, and I don't understand. I guess the restaurant business is difficult, but you, they can't sustain four weeks, so they let everybody go and they're closing up the business. So that that's where it's tragic. Okay, where you can save, that's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I don't know, but uh, like I said, I don't want to be left with. CBS and Dwayne Reed and every bank on every corner. I mean, it's gotten crazy to begin with. And now that seems to be the only people who are open.
6: Also, I think, you know, m- most people who know me know that most of my family are in commercial and then I'm like the only Rezzy, you know, in the family. And what well, we, we always look at these case studies. And what's interesting is that now we're looking at how this disease is going to affect everything and we're forgetting about all the different influences that affect each other. So there are fluctuations with retail in good times and in bad times. I mean, in good times... You know, there's still retail businesses that go out of business. There's still retail businesses that, you know, flourish just like in a bad time. So in a bad time that's ending, that'll come back up, there are influences that will help them that are not just the disease. Like say, you know, um, before we went into this, we were talking about Hudson Square and Google opening huge, you know, corporate offices there, you know, even though office leasing is going to be a fall too. Disney just leased a ton of offices there as well. So you have to think like places like that, neighborhoods like that that are having other influences are going to help what the disease is hurting.
5: Good
1: point. point. Very good point. Um, Well, you know, like we say with everything else, time will tell. Let's see where it all ends up. Um, I, I just have this great fear. Like I said, I woke up in the middle of the night the other day and saying, oh, my God, when I come back to the city, what is it going to look like? On that note, we'll come back for segment four right after these messages. Don't go away.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
8: At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you.
9: I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life.
5: Stimulating talk.
1: gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast.
0: All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788.
1: Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back for our last segment, segment four. Um, The rate of homes sold at a loss in New York City rose to nearly 10% last year, according to a report by StreetEasy, and increasing greatly today. Selling real estate in the city continues to become more of a risk, with prices declining for a third consecutive year, According to all the reports I was reading this week, do you see a major exodus to the suburbs as a result <clears throat> when the COVID nineteen does settles? Nick, gas up your car because I have a feeling <laughs> you're going a lot of properties up in the Hudson Valley. Now listen, up here in in northern Westchester, Putnam County, I can tell you just from looking at some of the local listings here in my pastime, uh, prices have dropped in just three weeks, and I mean a lot. And they've already been on the on the down low to begin with. They have not flattened like New York has. Uh, so, what 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 are your customers saying about the fact that they may have to sell their apartment at a great loss, but then not able to afford to buy a new one?
11: Some people are, are very motivated to sell, but there are still um, there's there there are people who are holding off because there's a lot of talk that there will be an exodus from the city, and even right now. Um, on a couple of my listings. One was a couple who ran up and uh, put a large down payment on one of my properties from Brooklyn. Then I have another buyer who came up from Queens. And uh, there was one uh, agent who gave me a call. Um, He had a friend in Manhattan who was looking to get out and just wanted a quick rental before the quarantine happened. And it just seemed like a lot of people were trying to scurry out of the city.
6: I think, I think on a whole other note, outside of, you know, moving primaries around, I think a lot of people are just going to get second homes if they can. I think a lot of people are going to move equity around so that they can get some sort of, you know, even a timeshare elsewhere to be able to get out of the city. Because, I mean, I was on the phone with two brokers yesterday that I'm doing deals with brokers who don't have second homes in the, and they were telling me how they were planning on going for drives over the next few days to look at houses upstate
5: i'll tell you what i'm hearing which has been personal to me with several friends i have a friend in michigan a friend in maine real hostility towards new yorkers getting into other towns i have a friend who will not drive his car with the new york plate in michigan because yeah. of, he's actually been threatened you know in the Sort of vacation town. It's um, hasn't been the most neighborly uh, experience for some. Um, well, well,
1: New Yorkers aren't always welcome in lots of uh, lots of vacation towns. That's just uh, that's just true. our nature and our reputation. I'm sorry, Richard. Go ahead.
3: If you remember, after 9 11, there were a lot of people said that people would be exiting the city. Correct. That didn't happen. I don't. Correct. I think the, the the demise of New York City is, is 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 premature in terms of people living. I think it's going to be more people getting second homes out of the city. Definitely, I think that's going to be. I think you're gonna see that. You're already probably seeing that now. But I don't think people are gonna say, I want to live in, in 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 you know Yorktown Heights and commute every day to the city or live in Starsville." There are always people who want to do that, but honestly, less and less. And I think once not gonna say that there won't be a full period of, of of transition, but I think ultimately people still wanna live and work in New York City. Our generation, unlike our parents' generation that left cities. Want to be back into cities? I don't think that's changing. Uh, these situations,
2: these situations present um, present new options that people didn't consider before. If you think back to Hurricane Sandy and all the people that wouldn't live by the water or wouldn't be on ground floors, I mean, the the planning portion of that at, during Hurricane Sandy and while we were reviving was very different than what actually happened at, at the end of it. Precisely.
7: And and,
2: and it's I, I think I think people are going to are are going to buckle down. They're going to start to feel comfortable. New Yorkers have a very short-term memory and they're going to you know Absolutely. Gonna remember that
1: Absolutely. the stock
2: market is like this. New York real estate is, you know, you, you wait long enough and it's going to go like that. So I think there's going to be an element of of remembering how good of an investment New York City real estate is going to be.
1: I think and it's
5: going to be support of both. I agree. And to Tracy's point, it's sort of that post-war baby boom feeling, which is this joy that we hope is going to take over when people are going to want to live again,
1: you know? Uh, yeah, I'm already feeling
3: that. <laughs> right. if, guys, if any of you guys are watching the TV show called The the Restaurant, it's about a Swedish show, it takes place in 1945. I'm no. gonna tell you, I don't often recommend TV shows. Watch the show, it's on Sundance channel, and it talks, it's all about the post-war optimism through the lens of this family that owns a restaurant
1: in Stockholm. It's great. Oh, That's wow. Fun. Yeah, well I'm post-war,
4: yeah. Hunters that I've gotten into now, Richard. Thank you for the rec.
3: Oh, hunters are great too. <laughs> They're
4: great, but dark.
1: Tracy <laughs> yeah. how, are, how are native Floridians dealing with New Yorkers these days? Because, I mean, I think because of where we are in this COVID-19 crisis, we're kind of like, you know, the plague. Uh, are Miami uh, folk looking at New Yorkers any differently today? Are those not not, you know, people who've been there for a while, but people coming in still.
4: Yeah, there is a little bit. I mean, similar to what Mike said. I mean, I think there is a little bit of facility where you just see a, a New York license plate. Um, but just in general, this is kind of making people, um, I did venture out to Publix the other day, and that was the last store that's like a, a Morton's or a, um, Associated for you New Yorkers uh, has the world's best fried chicken. Um, and they used <laughs> to let you in as opposed to like Trader Joe's that made you wait, uh, you know, and just go in a, a limited number of people. So Saturday, yeah. you can- and there was like people were kind of giving each other like the side, eye, whether you're from New York or not, just in general, like don't stand too close to me, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't think it's strictly New York. But yeah, can I just say one thing? It is shocking to me that I've had friends coming to and from New York or from London, L.A. They're not being checked at the airports. How is this not? It's such a controlled arena. How can Everything. they not like take someone's temperature, ask them questions? That would alleviate a lot of people's fears. And,
1: and 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 they were doing that. So why they're not doing that now, I don't know. But anyway, Tracy Hammersley, we miss you in New York City. So hurry up and get back here. Our last topic of the back. day. Yes. Yeah, so our last topic of the day, the coronavirus pandemic has people in New York flocking to animal shelters to adopt furry four-legged friends yes. as they are forced to stay home in quarantine. I got to yes. tell you something. They're running out of dogs, though. They so they're day. already out of dogs. I can't there. tell you from someone who just lost his. I think that's the best news I've heard. Uh, out of this whole goddamn, you know, situation. What do you think the best about Best silver lining ever? It seriously yeah, is. It really Isn't that great? And anybody who goes to these these shelters, they're being told, "Hey, listen. <laughs> there's no one here. There's nothing here. Can't do it." Would you all do that if you had the opportunity?
2: Absolutely. 100% I would. I just can't the kid. I just wasn't ready,
1: but I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful thing.
4: I would love to.
1: Matthew. So, um,
4: I'm, uh,
6: I think it's, you know, I think it depends on, I think it's a great thing. I love dogs. I, I <laughs> Did you
4: adopt a tiger, Matthew? <laughs> I, now that we <laughs> know you that, going. you
6: know,
1: tigers can. Tiger, get hey, COVID. tigers are getting COVID.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's so crazy. Um, are they? Yes. There was a, a case in the zoo where a tiger has gotten COVID. You. I don't know where it's going to land but it, or where it's going to end, wow. but I mean, he's, he's eight or it. nine that's of a them. Cat spell. Eight or nine of them now. Yes. Oh, yes, it's spreading. Wow. Well, what does that say about pet dogs or cats?
4: No, not domestic animals. That's been proven. No.
1: Okay, thank God. Your pet cannot infect
6: I keep on joking with people that because I'm a major germaphobe OCD kind of person. And I hope that I hope everyone after this becomes more like me and is super, super clean. And I've always had an issue with walking a dog outside and whatever they step on outside, they're bringing back into the apartment. Correct. So now I get nervous. Well, that's very true. If I had a dog going outside to walk it, it's just it's, it's a thing with COVID. But I hope that. All the dogs get adopted, and then once we get back to normal, there are millions of them running around. Matthew, (laughs) by the
1: way, I like your stripes today. Thank you. Very becoming.
6: I wore it for you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, guys, um, you know, thank you again for uh, joining us. You know, this Zoom stuff can be uh, irritating sometimes, uh, and sometimes the connection is a little bonkers. Uh, but this was great. It's good to see everybody because, uh, you know, we are all in different so places. I don't even know when the hell we'll get back into a studio, but, uh, you know. You gave
5: me a reason to shave. I hadn't shaved in two me weeks. Me
1: too. I didn't shave until this morning. <laughs> believe me. I haven't
2: put on makeup in, in weeks. My family thanks you.
4: <laughs> as as I have to say,
2: you don't
1: need makeup. It's well, video makeup. scares people. They think we're going to be broadcast all over the world. Maybe we are. Anyway, that's our broadcast <laughs> for today. Really thanks like for to joining try- all right, Not thanks. For,
4: the voice.
1: That's our broadcast. Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Vince Rocco. We are back next week because if it's Tuesday morning, it is Good Morning New York Real Estate. Stay home, stay safe, stay in touch. And for every reason out there these days, please be kind to one another. Thanks for joining us. Good luck and be well. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you Take next care. time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.